Hey, welcome back everybody. It is another episode of Music from the Couch. It's me, yours truly, Todd Hurst, and uh, thanks for tuning in on what is now Thursday, February 9th. It's 2023, and um, it's been... Uh, a heck of a, a year so far. Uh, I had a little break there to take care of some things, and uh, now I'm back. And it's good to be back. And I'm excited to bring you this episode uh, as I am working on this from my kitchen counter right now. Uh, Neil Elder is my guest, and Neil lives in uh, Montana, and uh, but is uh, originally from Minnesota. And Neil and I met many, many years ago and have kept in touch ever since. And uh, I just, you know, I've always been curious about his background and whatnot. But this episode goes much, much deeper than that. We talk about just a plethora of things as it relates to music. And quite frankly, we don't spend a lot of time on uh, the background, but we do find out the things that he will do for some extra cash in a Nashville bar. So uh, tune in, stick around, enjoy. And as always, if you're looking for more, head over to patreon.com slash Todd You can sign up to get a complete unedited version of this episode as well as every uh, episode in uh, over the last uh, X number of months or whatever it is. I don't know. It's not every episode, but nearly. And uh, as well as uh, hear some new music from me and uh, some old music as well. So uh, redone. But check that out. Otherwise, make sure you are commenting, sharing, and uh, and hitting that like button and subscribing. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. It's episode uh, 24. Music from the couch. Ladies and gentlemen, Neil Elder. All right. Are you guys ready? Welcome to Music from the Couch. When the rocks hit the bottom of the glass And I smell the perfume of the past We were young Sipping on Kentucky's finest A few drinks in she grabbed my hand And I knew that she wanted to dance on her round that's not how the night ends all right welcome back to music from the couch it's another wednesday it's another episode my name's todd hurst you know me well but do you know my guest i'm not sure uh my guest hails from not minnesota not nashville but western montana he's a singer He's a songwriter. He's currently participating in Dry January, which makes for a really awkward conversation because I am not actively participating in Dry January. Uh, he's one of the nicest guys I know, uh, an all-around good guy. And every now and then, he is Kevin Costner's stunt double for uh, what's the show called? Tombstone? Yellowstone. Whatever. Anyway, Yellowstone. Yeah. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Neil Elder. Neil. Welcome. Hi, How Todd Hurst friends. How fuck are you? I'm good. I'm actually taking this seriously. I'm sitting on the couch right now. That's how much... You are sitting on a couch. Yeah. If you could see out the window, there's a river right outside my window, but it's dark oh, here, so you can't sounds see Sounds nice. Yeah. I'll send you a Yeah, I don't, uh, I, don't, I don't sit on a couch. I'm currently on uh, just a desk chair, and uh, you know, it's for my back. 
That's how old I'm I sure. Am. I'm sure your fans know that about this show already. That it's not really about the couch. It's well, it originated from the couch. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, when COVID shut us all down, I started doing little quick 30 minute, 20 minute interviews with people where they'd play a couple songs. I'd interview them. We'd talk a little bit about their music. And I was always on a couch. I was all the couch that's in the photo is the couch I was always on. And the deer head was always next to me. Right. The bottle of vodka was always next to me. I always had like six backups next to me of vodka. And um, that's where this all came from was uh, that was uh, I think that was deemed like songs from the couch. Now this is music from the couch. Tune, yeah. And, tunes or something like that. Yeah. Everything's happening on the couch. Yeah. So. So the couch did exist. It, it probably still does exist. I don't own it anymore. Uh, yes. But the couch concept, it's just uh, now with all the technology that needs to be brought in. Right. This is a well-oiled machine. I'm sure that couch is podcast. floating in the ocean somewhere. No, we gave it to someone. I'm sure they're they're uh, very appreciative of it and still using it. It's a it's a damn good couch. It smells that's like that's my argument. Yeah, <laughs> vodka and uh, newborn baby uh, poop and pee. Yeah, so great couch, great couch. Anyways, enough about the couch. How have you been? It's been years since yeah. we have seen each other physically. Seen each other. Uh, you know, we keep in touch every now and then. But how the hell have you been? Well, that's usually what happens when somebody leaves where you grow up. Finally. Yeah. Um, you discover that there's a lot of more things. Well, when you're single and have a dog, um, you can pick up and move pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, get out of uh, Minnesota. He seems to forget that. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he's happy. Um, he's made several moves with me. He's been 12 and a half years now that I've had him. Um, so yeah, a couple different, couple, couple different moves within Minnesota. Then obviously a couple moves in Nashville, and even or a couple more out here in Montana. So yeah. Um, so where where in Minneapolis or where in Minnesota? Sorry, uh, where in Minnesota did you grow up? Grew up in Champlin. Graduated from Champlin Park. So just north of the cities there. Champlin. Yeah. With my uh, buddy what was the AD. There? Red Raiders or something? Rebels. Red. Rebels, rebels, the Champlin yep. rebels. Oh yeah, old uh, Anders Daniel. Yep, the Champlin rebel. Nice. And then, so, so from Champlin, you stayed around a little bit. We, you know, you you picked up on some bands. We played a few shows. Uh, when did you? You then went to Nashville. You went to Nashville 20, somewhere in there. Seventeen. 17 three years three years in nashville the concept of time has escaped me and it so is, while yeah. you were in nashville um played some shows lots of friends shows. reacquainted friends. with old friends yeah yep and uh we were just talking about this uh soon before that that's right before you kind of left nashville uh you recorded your song whiskey memories yep with some yeah. minnesota boys yeah, which was then released. Talk so talk to us a little bit about Whiskey Memories, which uh, everyone heard a, a tidbit of it. 
to open the episode. They're going to hear it all at the end. But talk to us uh, about that. Where that come so from? I probably I probably wrote that one eight years ago, like even a couple of years before I moved down to Nashville uh, with a gal in Minnesota named uh, Lauren Vernhill. Um, okay. She uh, we just sat down. I figured you know, that this I. I kind of looked. I kind of like to look Google names of song titles, just to see if it's around. And I didn't really find many. And obviously, there's plenty of songs about whiskey and beer and country music, obviously. But um, yeah, it's just uh, we sat down one day and it really came together quickly. I had a nice little, um, nice little progression in my head that I liked. Um, and uh, yeah, it uh, it came together quickly, kind of drawing off of experience. I like to draw off of kind of things that you go through or else it doesn't seem really authentic. Um, mm-hmm. You're just talking about girls and trucks and short shorts and stuff that you hear all the time. You leave Florida Georgia line alone. Don't come on. Those guys, <laughs> their heart was in the right place. Right. Um, so yeah, it came, it came together well. And I just, I always, I just like the song a lot. I like, I like story songs that I can see myself in that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not just for me. That's from anybody, any, any song that I listen to, I like the story aspect of it. Um, and that's kind of what I tried to convey in this song. Um, so if, yeah, if you've ever had a, uh, had a shot or two or half a bottle of whiskey, and you start thinking uh, about uh, some of that stuff that happened in the past, but it only really comes to you when you drink. And when mm-hmm. when I'm going through dry January, I don't really think about it as much. Um, but uh, after a couple shots of uh, Jack Daniels or something like that starts coming back to you again, that's kind of what the song's about. So I like it. I like it. I love it actually. And. And uh, you want some more you know, of it? Kind of talked a little bit about. Oh, oh, name that artist. Todd, Todd, I'm sober, so I'm very quick tonight. <laughs> all right, all all I'm supposed to, all I'm going to do is make smart ass comments all night long. No, please do, please do. This, this might turn want. into a two hour podcast. <laughs> I hope it does. Uh, well. I mean, for those listening, just a shameless plug right now. Uh, let's see. We've been recording for a little over a half an hour, and uh, we're only a few minutes in. So, folks, go join the <laughs> Patreon. Uh, you're going to hear plenty of good a stuff lot of shit. In the first yeah, plenty of good stuff. Um, so I was – and, of course, I had a question, and now I didn't I didn't jot a note down, and it's, just, it's, uh, it's escaped me. But um, so you wrote the song and kind of – you said it came together quickly. Does that, when you, when you're writing, does that concern you or does the time that it takes to write a song, you just go, you know what? It's either working right away or it's taken a long time. Whatever happens is meant to happen. It's going to come together eventually. And so I'm not worried about like, Oh, that just took me two hours to write. You know, that doesn't diminish the quality. No. Um, and when you're in Nashville, obviously you get, you could get sucked into that type of mind frame where you have, you have three hours to write a song, write a song. Um, the two that I have 
that I really enjoyed. It takes me for it takes me forever to want to write a song. It's kind of how it goes. Yeah. But when I finally actually want to sit down and write one, it comes out usually pretty quick. Um, and then it takes even longer to actually want to record it and figure out that whole thing. Yeah. Um, so the best place that you're going to see these original songs is actually at a show. Um, so yeah, it, okay. they usually, I, I enjoy when they, when I have an idea and it all comes together quickly. I figure, I think those are the best ones. You're not analyzing every single note, you're not, or every verbiage to make sure it's the same. It's the right one. It just comes to you because that's how you think. Right. That's how um, your first instinct is. Oh, should it be a the? Should it be a there? Should it be an and or an and? and like, <laughs> stop thinking about it like that. And just write a song. Yeah. And whatever comes out first is probably what's going to be more relatable to people, essentially. It's almost gut instinct. Uh, you know, they say that's trust, your, trust your gut. Right. And so. Yeah. When you're writing a song, uh, there's sometimes where you need to tweak something, change a word. Yeah, I mean, maybe the, it, maybe it the just, rhyme yeah, go, not go, yeah, up. go with, go with, go with your, go with your first instinct. Um, mm-hmm. And if that's, if because that's obviously what you're thinking about. Um, and but I mean, there are there are things to where writing or co-writing a song does go well, where if if we write a song together, which we probably should at some point, um, oh, that sounds nice. You could think of it in a different way. That right? Um, we could you I could think of it in a different way than what you thought you were thinking, or something, you know, and try to meld it that type of way. Um, mm. It's always like, well, did you ever think about saying it maybe this way? Um, and then it just, that then then the whole thing comes together that way. I'm not talking about getting like yeah. six people in a room. That's a little too much. Um, but bounce, <laughs> no. bouncing bouncing ideas off of each other, I have found is is really nice. But I do enjoy writing by myself. Like try to get that exercise going by myself. Um, I don't want to ever record a song that I did not have a personal attachment to mm-hmm. and not just changing a word for a third, like actually sitting down and writing a song. I don't, I don't ever want to record a song like that. So you talk about uh, whiskey memories, you know, pulls off experience and it took, it was quick to, to quick to come to. Uh, um, you also talked about, you're not really, like every day you don't wake up and put a song out, write nope. a song, right? No. Nope. So do you, uh, this is now, uh, this is just a test. Um, when you write a song, is it more often than not pulling from an experience? Is it like, can you write a song about just an idea that never happened to you? Uh, <laughs> See, he's stumped, ladies and gentlemen. It's I, happened. Could I? Could I? Probably. Yeah. Is it the is it the songs that I 
connect with the most? No. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, if I, if I wanted to, like, I, mean, I work full time. So even uh, when I get home, I'm just exhausted from work. So I, like, nothing's firing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So and that's and every once I tell myself like you need to sit down and actually write another call. I have because I have a couple of more ideas for songs that I wanted to get through. Um, I just haven't found the time or energy to do it justice. I just don't want to spit out, like I said, don't want to spit out something that's just girls in short shorts and on tailgates yeah. and use the same cliche stuff. Um, but I would you like don't to rush write, it. No. Um but I would like to write some type of um, story, and that's that's what I really that's what I really love about uh, Turnpike is his level of writing is unreal, and how s- multiple songs um, kind of have a central theme and they kind of come together at some point. Like there's a story mm-hmm. within three or four different songs. Um, so that type of thing, it would be fun to to try to write a song like that, where you just um, have an idea for this is what happened to somebody else. It didn't happen to me, but I'm gonna try to see it through their eyes, type of thing. Um, I forget the I forget the songwriter's name, but uh, he wrote "Goodbye Earl" by the Dixie Chicks. Yeah. Um, and but he also wrote Queen of My Double Ride Trailer by Sammy Kershaw. So Earl, who's sitting on a park bench, who's the king of the torque wrench, that's the same Earl that's in Goodbye Earl. Oh, okay. So what Dennis he did, Lind. Yes, is his name. So yeah. so what he did was he created a fictitious town in his head. And just told, mm-hmm. told story, told stories about people in that town. I like that. Yeah, an Earl. And, yeah, and Earl. He's he's gone. He ate some black eyed peas. Not doing yeah. very well. R.I.P. Earl. But you know what? Earl was a piece of shit. Um, oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So you talk about telling a story in the song. Is that you know a lot of. I always liken country music to telling stories. Now, every song tells a story. Can, yeah. Um, right. However, country music tells a story that you can easily pick up on, That's easily true. relate to. You talk mm-hmm. about, you know, Turnpike Troubadours, um, Evan Falker, you know, the songwriting capability, the storytelling, the related, relatable content. Uh, is yep. is phenomenal and so as you're writing you know i guess what my question is is um you relate to country music you perform country music do you consider yourself country music just because um, you write to tell a story or do you consider yourself a storyteller so i would consider myself more on the countryside like that um, I mean, I didn't grow. I initially, back in the, I was 23 or so, working for the police department in Blaine. Um, it was myself, 
and uh, one of my coworkers, and we would get together, but we would write. We were fans of Foo Fighters, rock stuff. Like mm-hmm. when I started, when I started playing guitar, I played rock. I played Leonard Skinner. I played Led Zeppelin. Steve Ray Vaughan's my guitar idol. I a lot yeah, of absolutely. My, a lot of my style that I get um, from my soloing is a hybrid of chicken picking and blues. Okay. Um, so growing up playing guitar, it wasn't much of the countryside of things. Um, okay. So we, we had a, a f- like 10 songs. Um, he would write the lyrics to them and then I would write, my guitar parts to him and we had 10 really fun songs and he was more of what i found with rock side of things is it can be a little bit more cryptic Mm. like most Mm -hmm. most 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 of the rock songs not i'm not talking like the pop rock type of stuff um but like most of like if you listen to any foo fighter song you have try to figure out what dave rose singing about yeah it's 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 very very lots of metaphors metaphor on top of metaphor on top of metaphor yeah don't want to be a um, monkey wrench come on yeah like what is what does that mean i heard like, that song this morning that's why it popped into my mind oh, but yeah <laughs> absolutely he, yeah I, I i'm right there with you he has to like explain his song right right and so when you know when i get to play country music and listen to country music um and he's talking about and they're talking about a heartbreak or something like that, or someone's leaving you like, yeah, you, it's a lot easier to put yourself in that type of mental story. And that's kind of how I try, want to try to relate my songs to and not, you know, a little bit easier to pick up on type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I often tell people that I always thought that everything that like George Strait and Tim McGraw sang about actually happened to them. Right. When I was when I was younger. Right. So, you know, I listened to George Strait pretty much uh, my entire life. Uh, Tim McGraw came and hit me in the 90s. And same thing, like, right, like Reba and all that stuff. And then you learn that uh, they the only thing they did with those songs was uh, walked into a studio, listened to a scratch. They were the vessels. Scratch track. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And your your world's kind of a, uh, torn apart as a as a, a kid going. Oh, you mean to tell me that George Strait didn't really walk into a bar and steal someone's chair? Um, he wasn't a firefighter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, however, as you then evolve to that thinking, it's like the fact that you can tell a story like that. And yeah. sell that story and make it relatable is to me like Dave Grohl could not sing, um, you know, like uh, chasing that neon know. rainbow. If that's, I mean, yeah, we can both right? kind of like, relate, to, relate that song, to that song, right? Yeah. Well, or even the fact like Dave Grohl could not sing a Creed song and you go, oh shit, that really happened to Dave Grohl. You well, know what sure, I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm trying to, yep. the, you know, rock music and, pop music and all that stuff and and uh i love you know some good singer songwriters i love 
uh, some good acoustic music, you know, the Jack Johnson, the Howie Day, the Jason Mraz, Matt Nathanson, yep. Donovan Woods type stuff. And I can relate to the songs, but it takes me a little bit to go. I know right. what they're saying now to relate to it. Whereas in country music, I don't want to call it an easy out it's there, but I want to call it as it's just served up to me and I can immediately relate to it. And yep. what's even better is as a, as a musician, um, I can relating to those songs easier allows you to learn them, get yourself attached to them, tell that story to other people so that maybe they could relate to it. Right. Uh, and get, Hey, did you know, hear this song? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I shit on Florida Georgia line a lot because their lyrics never made sense to me. And the reason that they're, the reason I shit on them is because I could never relate to their songs and that frustrated me. Yeah, never. When I yeah, when I can relate to a song like I know what the next line is without having to think about it. Yeah. You know, and that never happened for me before the George line. Enough about me. Um so I go so, I go back I go back and forth on you know, it, that's kind of why I like I mean Garth Brooks my number one country artist of all time. Um, ever since going back to see him when I was like nine years old, um, in pieces is honestly one of my favorite country albums of all time. There's not one out of the, I think it's 11 songs on there. There's not one bad song between standing outside the fire, um, a bunch of, uh, kind of B or C side stuff that the night I called the old man out the red strokes. Good one. I mean, a uh, honky tonk bar association, like all these songs are on one album and you just, you don't, you don't think about it. So, but he was, he's on more on the songwriter side of things. So I I go back and forth on whether, you know, and I try to educate some people um, at my shows, like I'll do about four songs in a row. I'll do about four songs in a row. I'll be like, all right, I'm going to start with the Chris Stapleton song. So then I usually play um, like one of his, probably one of his newer ones starting over or uh, you should probably leave something like that. Um, And then like, all right, now I'm going to play another Chris Stapleton song. I'll play drinking dark whiskey by steel drivers. Right. Songwriter. That's what he does. Yeah. No, it's better than two songs. Chris Stapleton songs, three of them. Now I'm going to play. Now I'm going to play Your Man by Josh Turner. Oh, sure. Yeah. Written by written by Chris Stapleton. Like, all right, you know what's better than three Chris Stapleton songs? Four of them. And then I'll play Drink a Beer by Luke Bryan. Nice. I like that. But then I'll be like, all right, now I'm going to play some Billy Currington. But it was written by Luke Bryan, which is Good Directions. So I, I like to... I try to give credit to the songwriter more than the yeah. singer more than the artist. Yeah. So when like somebody that. asked me for Morgan Wallen and they want to hear cover me up, it'd be like, all right, I will play that song, but you better, you better, t- you better tell me who wrote the song because oh, that is, man. that is a very, very personal song to Jason. Um, Sensitive so, subject. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. It is Yeah, controversial so, almost. Yeah. Considering 
Morgan singing it. Yeah. Very controversial. Um, so yeah, that I try to give song songwriters wagon wheel. If you say Darius, if you come up to me and say Darius Rucker wagon wheel, I will not, I will not play it. But if you come up and say, Hey, can you play wagon wheel by old crow? Like absolutely. I will 100%. Nice. So yeah, I, it's, I get the, I get the George Strait, the, 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 the vessel. He was a very, very convincing vessel to get somebody that may, I mean, I might have st- stage fright. I could write a song. Sure. Like, like Dean Dillon. I could write a, an amazing song, but I don't have a great voice. I can't really do it justice. Christopher Scofferson, yeah. horrible voice. Not a great singer yeah. whatsoever, but man, he could write. I mean, he got song. famous though. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, the Jason Isbell cover me up Morgan Wallen cover of cover me up. Right. Is an interesting topic. Um, and you, you mentioned it's very personal songs. Not not everyone knows the background of that song. Not everyone knows how it was written, why it was written, et cetera. Morgan comes in, covers it. Who hasn't covered it? Um, right. You know, I does a great job, by the way. I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, for, for, for a newer sound, but I mean, I'm a sucker for Jason Isabel. So I'd rather listen to him by guitar than. I think what frustrated, what frustrated and continues to frustrate me the most about that is, uh, Jason Isabel, 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 uh, was already doing just fine. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and then everyone comes in and they're like, "Play, cover me up." I want you to play Morgan Wallen. Play, cover me up. I think that frustrated me because Jason Isbell was not getting. He didn't need it. He didn't give. She doesn't care. Yeah, no, he doesn't he, care. He he gave back his CMA card. Yeah, he he, and, he, could, he and a merit demanded it because they didn't give John Prine any love at the yeah, awards. Yeah, he could he could he could he care doesn't. less nope. about this. It frustrated me because, um, look, I'm just gonna say it. Morgan Morgan Whalen is not the not the artist musician that Jason Isbell is. Oh, or ever will be close. Nope. If I piss people off by saying that, I don't give a shit. Come listen come to at, South. Come li- fight me. Listen, listen to Southeastern. Listen Just go to everything through Southeastern. Done. Yeah. yeah. Drive by truckers, solo artist, Jason Isbell in the 400 unit. The shit he's done with uh, his wife Amanda Shires, um, yep. and she stands alone on her own. Those two to me are, um, they are treasures in the country music world. And the fact that people still think that fucking Morgan Wallen wrote that song right and is the first person to release it and they mm-hmm. come up to me at a show and say play morgan wallen and i play uh whiskey glasses and they go no i won't cover me up i won't do it no because you're missing out people on one of the greatest singer songwriters oh right now uh, well, who has been I, through hell and back ooh, yeah and in so. our generation and it pisses me off that morgan whalen wallen whatever the fuck his name is now you got me all worked up uh, but I will I will challenge anyone that comes to me and says that you know Morgan Wallen deserves all the success that he has. I I'm gonna disagree with you. Uh, 
but then you can also compare it to, well, so-and-so covered X song. Right. And got famous. Um, and that's a fair argument. And I would happily sit down and have that argument. I think where I get really annoyed at this is that, uh, but also happy, is that from a mainstream standpoint, Jason Isbell is still falling kind of under the radar. Oh, 100%. Yet still, yet still absolutely crushing it. And yeah, I cover got me up. twice at the Ryman. So I've never seen him. Um, Unfortunately, Some of the best timing, shows. Uh, timing didn't work out, but I'm I'm super pumped to catch him very soon. And I know that I'm behind, um, but just his music is inspirational, quite frankly. And, you know, Flying Over Water, um, <laughs> Elephant. Yeah. Uh, Elephant is unreal. Oh, just, and I love, you know, and then. As a rock song, know. I love Super 8. Like, oh, just, God. Uh, just as so a rock fun. song. Yeah, it's it's just heavy, and the live version of it is yeah. even better because there's actually guitar solos in it. You're like, this is so good. And when yeah. he plays that, and when he played it live at the Ryman, he's just amazing. He's amazing at his craft. Yeah. yeah. See, but that's why that's so, that's that's the kind of artist now that I gravitate towards is artists that have fan bases based on the artist, not because the radio pushes their song to be an art sure. uh, to be uh, you know popular um one of my all all-time favorites that i will support him in any music he does is kip Moore. i will oh absolutely i will buy anything that comes out with him i traveled over labor day he was up in uh, great falls montana which is about three and a half four hours away from from me one of the best shows that i ever went to 30 feet there's probably maybe 750 people in there, 30 feet from the stage for two hours singing every single Kit Moore song. And everybody, everybody in there was yeah. there for Kit Moore. And that's, that's another kind of show that I like. It's another underrated, I'll throw quotes around it, you know, underrated artist. Yeah. Not underrated. And, just and doesn't, he doesn't get, and he doesn't care because he's got the fans and the fans yeah. are all that matter. God, that guy is inspiring, just lives his life. He's like, you know what? I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go to Hawaii. I'm going to surf. I'll come back when I want to come back. Yeah. And guess I what? Answer to no you're one. still going to be here. Yeah. You're still going to you're still going to show you're, you're not going to sell out the X, mm-hmm. but he will sell the crap out of um, first Ave. Um, sure. Yeah. Or, I mean, he was just he just sold a, a but that the ledge, the new amphitheater there in Wake Park. He was up there. Uh, this nice. summer, yeah. Um, and my my parents went to it because they know how much I love him, and they had no idea. And my dad said, "My dad's a pretty stickler on that type of thing. Um, he's not as outgoing as my mom would be for that type of music." And my mom actually kind of listened to a few of his songs before going up there. And my dad said, "Yeah, I did did a great job." And I could have nice. had it if I lived in Minnesota. There's a chance that I could have opened. Uh, help open for him that day but um it was a little bit longer of a drive than yeah 45 minutes i uh i did open for kitmore at the caboose kitmore really and Rus- russell uh dickerson dickerson yeah yep 
long well, he, time ago. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is Kip loves having local openers. The the, mm-hmm. the gal that uh, was opening from here in Montana, she was from Montana. Like he, you know, that that type of stuff. Way is to go! Awesome. So yeah, Way he is go. he is by far my favorite artist currently and has been for quite a while just because he, so, he writes his own songs too which is amazing yeah and they're fantastic and he talks about again shit you can relate to so that oh, that leads me to my question you just talked a little bit about your parents uh talk a little bit about what your current inspiration is how did you how'd you even get into guitar you you mentioned that when you first started playing it was like rock and roll it was foo fighter stuff yep. zeppelin uh etc so how did you get into guitar from the first place so my mom has a music theory uh degree so we've always had so my mom's side has always been really musical more singers than instrument players but my mom's really good piano so we always had a piano in our house and it's had to be this was seventh grade so you're 13 13 years old or so um I started sitting down with a keyboard and they bought like just this beginner uh, piano fit a book and it kind of went through it and I was like, yeah, this is, this is cool or whatever. And then I went to a talent show in seventh grade and I had some friends in a band and they played uh fat lip by some 41 in front of everybody. Yeah. Great song. And I'm like, I don't play guitar instead. Um, I wish I would have stayed with piano knowing what I know about it now and music theory and writing songs and kind of accompanying, accompanying your own self during shows, um, having Mm -hmm. bass and treble without, uh, or melody without being one of those Chet Atkins, Jerry, Jerry Reed type of pickers. Um, but then, yeah, I, I kind of went, went home. I said, yeah, I want to play guitar. Um, started out on electric guitar, which is kind of how I got into the rock side of things. And okay. the first couple, first couple lessons was he did a good job of, hey, what do you want to, what do you want to learn? Like, mm-hmm. who's your, who's your favorite right now? Um, like, oh, let's play some Green Day. So we learned Green Day and it gets you in, it gets you into like, okay, this is cool. Jimmy, let's let's learn Jimmy Eat World. Let's learn sure. Crazy Crazy Train, or at least you know the intro and stuff like that. Um, so it gets you into like, oh, cool, I can do this with, with guitar, and then you start getting into the theory side of things, which uh, mm-hmm. I never really did. But um, so yeah, it's it kind of just evolved from there, just playing guitar, um, not really seriously. I always had a um, the idea that I was going to be going into law enforcement, so I never. It always it was always a hobby, um, and this was twelve years ago. This has been you know high school age, going to college for for law enforcement, um, and then once that didn't pan out, um, then I kind of you know it's it's a the Minnesota music community is very tight knit, I should say, mm-hmm. like it, it's very interconnected. Yeah. Better. 
it's interconnected. So one of my best friends was uh, dating uh, Jolene from the Farmer's Daughters. Okay. Um, so started going, you know, just watching their shows. Like, oh, this is cool. Like, they're actually out playing shows. I wasn't playing at all. Um, so then got to know her. And then kind of we started a uh, a duo. And that was kind of my first real taste into playing out in front of people and stuff like that that aren't family or, you know, family reunions and stuff like that. Yeah. And then we ended up going to um, a Jack Dan. I uh, was I forgot it, they had it at the doghouse on Black Friday, Jack Friday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Years, yep. years ago. So, oh, yeah. So I ended up going to a show with uh, with them, and they had uh, a couple bands there, and one of them was Wildfire, which had uh, mm. Jamie Struthers mm-hmm. at the t- uh, Jamie Erickson now, uh, Ashley Block yep. and Jeremy Schreifels. Yeah. Ended up meeting them. Uh, just saying hi to them, you know, and then you connect on Facebook and whatnot. And then mm-hmm. ended up going to one of their show, one of their own shows up in Andover, um, saying hi again to them. Jeremy ended up was going to be sick one show. So then they called me and they're like, Hey, do you want to play a show with us? We're like, yeah, that'd be cool. Whatever. Found out, learned that Jamie and Jeremy were in the band with Mitch. Yep. It's the full-time sure. band. So then started following. Yeah. So then st- this was this is eight years, seven years ago. Six. No, seven this years is ago. more I'm, than that. Yeah. I'm getting, cause I'm getting, I'm getting the memories <laughs> on my Facebook now. So yeah, it has to be seven, seven, oh eight years ago. Gosh. So then started following them around. Mitch got rid of his guitar players. Like, Hey, do you want to play with me? I'm like, well, I'm working at Bob FM. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of doing all that type of stuff, just doing sales, nothing crazy where yeah. I'm pr- pretty independent and, and flexible with hours and whatnot. Like, sure. Why not? So my first show that I played with Mitch was at Raleigh's. I'm like that's one hell of a way to <laughs> get <laughs> indoctrinated. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah. So then ended up playing with Mitch and meeting a whole, obviously a whole bunch of other people. And then when we parted ways, um, I was in Nashville that weekend. It was right after we opened for Josh Thompson in Wisconsin. I flew down to Nashville and he called me. He's like, hey, we're going to go in a different direction. I'm like, all right, I get it. Um, but then I was sitting in Nashville in my cousin's house. I'm like, this was in April of 2012, uh, 2017. And I'm like, you know what? I could probably move down to Nashville. Like I got nothing going on. I have some, I have some dates and gives me four months or so. I had some dates uh, in the summer still lined up for solo stuff that I was doing, just patio stuff, Mm -hmm. whatnot, acoustic stuff. Like, you know what? Let's try something different. And in September 19th, 18th of 2017, packed up the U-Haul, drove 15 hours down to Nashville and (laughs) Spent three years there. There you go. Where I played a crap ton of music everywhere. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I mean, yeah. that's all there is to do there. It's interesting to me that uh, I guess it's not interesting to me because um, it's very similar 
situation for me. Like, I remember growing up on Garth Brooks, George Strait, Tim McGraw, etc., and then kind of moving into the rock scene. Um, like Lithium is the number one station on a serious XM dial. Um, and I went the opposite way. You went. Well, I mean, I went back to I went back to country. Sure. No, no, no. So you know, I mean, you talk about in like pieces. Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner is my favorite. I should say Leonard Skinner and Foo Fighters are my two favorite rock bands of all time. Okay. That's fair. And I, I, yeah. So, but I mean, I grew up like my formative music years were putting in a Leonard Skinner DVD, live DVD, and then playing along with it throughout nice. the whole 90 minutes or whatever. Okay. Whatever they played, okay. I, 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 I thought I was Ricky Medlock or Gary Rosington type of thing. All right. And that's, and that's how Steve Ray Vaughan did the same thing with Steve Ray Vaughan DVDs. Um, I did that in college. I thought I was, I, I wanted to be John Mayer. There it is. There's see, it's, it's been yep. admitted. There you uh, go. Uh, if you wait long enough, I will admit it. I, 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 you know, similarly watched, listened to, and uh, worked on emulating more so for, to like learn different techniques yeah. um, that I don't have anymore because my hands don't, uh, my hands just, they're not like that. They don't work that way anymore. Um, but uh, the Any Given Thursday album, I was just like, oh. man, this is solid stuff right here. I want yeah. to, I want to work on that, find that out, figure that out, um, watch it and write something like that. Um, yep. You know, didn't go that route, but that's, uh, there's always that one or two, there's one or two artists that uh, you just kind of look at and go, I want to, I want, I want to deliver what they're delivering. They're, you know, it's not that you want to copy them. It's that what they put out uh, just rings different in the ear and it brings and something to people. And that's what I like about what I've done with music is, yeah, what I typically will play here is lots of country because that's, kind of what people want to hear around here mm -hmm. but i could easily break into some john cougar mellencamp or Cougs. um or um wallflowers uh you know and so when people would be like oh i don't know if you could i mean hell i played du host like a couple months ago because i had some german friends that were in i don't think i uh, I don't. I I probably had two words write that whole song, yeah. and I was do Do and host. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Good old Rammstein. But it sounded good, and I and I, but I, but I knew how it, I knew how if I go through my my shuffle right now and I just hit shuffle on my uh, iPhone, you 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 have no idea what's going to come up next. It could be a kid yeah. more into Blink One Eighty Two, into Leonard Skinner, into George Strait into Vern Gosden, into somebody, Randy Rogers band, you know, it into Britney Spears or Taylor Swift, you know, it, it, it's just all over the place. Absolutely. Um, so that's why I like 
that I started with one genre and then kind of morphed into a different genre. And now I can meld the two together and have a more, a better understanding of just music in general. Sure. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Uh, Just like the hokey pokey. So, uh, Neil, I've taken up way, way more of your time than I intended to, and uh, that's what these conversations. Well, it's not exactly. like a Joe Rogan podcast. We're not going to go four hours. <laughs> yeah, we're not here to we're not here to watch the red light come on and go. Oh, give the people that pay a dollar for your Patreon. Give them what they want. <laughs> oh, they got it earlier when I went on a rant. Um, so whiskey memories, it's available on streaming services, Apple music, Spotify, YouTube, uh, wherever you can get it, but you're, you're in, you're in Western Montana, you're touring around, you've got some shows coming up in Idaho. So where can people hear your music, see some videos, catch those, uh, you know, catch, catch your version of Duhas, which I really would like to see that recorded. I wish I thought, could have swore that I might have to ask my friends to see if they recorded it and saved it. You just got to um, do it again. I'm sure I Idaho is huge Ramstein fans. Sure they, they, they thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yeah, just uh, it's just neileldermusic.com. That goes straight to my Facebook page. And I post my schedule. I post. I I need to do better of posting the the GoPro. Uh, videos for shows just like I only do like three songs they're only like three and a half minutes it's like a verse and a chorus of a song and then fades into another song sure. um, but yeah there's a whole bunch of live stuff that like I said we talked about doing over uh, quarantine those are two and a half hour long live streams and yeah um, so yeah just neileldermusic.com is where you can find where I'm going to be at any given weekend and uh ladies and gentlemen listeners children of the uh of the podcast friends of the podcast uh you can also get a hat right you can get some merch on there i got a few hats okay some t-shirts some t-shirts i probably should get more uh supplies are running out kids head over there Neil at our music.com now neil my one last question is is it uh, i still gotta tell you my story from nashville you're you're you do you do you're three and a half minutes of so much just uh absolute collection which ties back to your song uh my question is and maybe this ties back to the nashville story neil is n-e-a-l how do you feel about neils that are n-e-i-l they're weird it looks weird to me (laughs) the dot and it just looks weird i don't like it i like my it's all rounded it's smooth oh i like that yeah yeah is a man of symmetry. So yeah, we were talking earlier, uh, and we'll we'll end on this before we're gonna jump into the full uh, the full whiskey memories song. Uh, so listeners, stick around for that. We were talking it's definitely earlier. Definitely tie into that. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So we were talking earlier, uh, which you can hear us talk about this if you go to Patreon.com/slash Pat Hurst. It's three dollars a month, five dollars a month. Sorry, and uh, you get to hear all the unedited pieces of this podcast. Uh, you mentioned that in Nashville, what was it like a three minute period you made, right? Yeah. We probably a short made, we, period of time you made a lot of money. We made 200, 200 bucks. 
for the band in, in about three and a half minutes. Um, and this is kind of what you have to, I mean, to do in Nashville. There's a lot right? of jobs out there that aren't making that kind of money. Right. So I've made, by the way, I more, just, that's, I made an, more that's an hourly that rate that a lot of people don't see. So the three and a half minutes that uh, Whiskey Memories is, um, I still have not made as much as the three and a half minutes that we made in Nashville uh, on this particular night. Um, so, I, I mean, I was in, I was in bed. This had to have been 10 o'clock at night. Um, and I get a call from a keyboard player. It's like, Hey, we just picked up, I just picked up a shift. And I'm looking for a guitar player. It's the late shift. If you can get down here by 11 PM. Great. Be like, all right. Cause we, if you're playing, when you're playing music, you never know when your next paycheck's going to come. So you Absolutely. have to say, have to say yes to almost Do everything. It. At least that's, that's yeah. how I did it. Um, if you say no to too many people, then people are going to stop calling you and then you're not going to get work anyways. Mm-hmm. So we get down there. Um, we got a full band. It was me, uh, bass player, the keyboard singer, and then uh, my best buddy uh, playing drums. So we're playing random Tuesday night in Nashville. And we had two different kind of groups in there. It was actually kind of busy for a Tuesday night. We had a bachelorette party which is typically that's one that helpful. you see in Nashville now. Yep. And then we also had a group of guys that were more of the businessmen. They, they're there for uh, probably for a dudes. conference. They're, they're flown in from, you know, to do more, something with AT. I don't know. But those are the kind of two groups you see now in Nashville. So we're getting into the, getting into it. Lots of, alcohol is being brought up to us number one um because we weren't we were an alcohol free band hang on real quick i need you to go back to they were businessmen they were flown in okay my internet dropped oh no okay so in nashville there are two different really types of groups now that come come to nashville mm-hmm. you have bachelorettes the new bachelor capital of the world with their penis straws and <laughs> hats and there's there's always one girl in white the rest are in black but then you also have the people coming in for conferences medical yeah. nashville nashville is a huge medical um area Um, So lots of people coming in for conferences, wearing business suits and everything like that. So that's kind of the two groups that we had that Tuesday night. So lots of shots being brought up. We were a Jack Daniels band. Uh, Well, we were an alcohol free band. Um, Technically we accepted all the free alcohol they were willing to give us Um, is usually how that works. So those were going down quickly. And then one of the girls comes up. With the hundred dollar bill, it's like I'll give you this hundred dollar bill, and there's four of us, so we each make twenty five bucks, which is pretty darn good when the club's only giving you forty. Stop um, that on a Tuesday, yeah. Yeah. So she said, "I will give you this hundred dollars if you play the next song without your shirts on." So they're like, "All right, this is great." And easy. I did not look like I do now. I was probably another thirty <laughs> or forty pounds heavier than I was now. Well, we did. We're like, yeah, all right, we're gonna we'll play with their shirts off and hundred dollars. Put it in there. Halfway through the song, 
one guy from the business group comes up, says, I will give you a hundred dollars if you put your shirts back on. And we're like, yeah, deal. And we put our yep. shirts back on, made 50 bucks a piece within about three and a half minutes. And that's go. just kind of how kind of how Nashville goes every once in a while. Every now and then you strike gold in Nashville, yes. Tennessee. Yes. I love it. <laughs> oh, I see. I thought you were going to go a different route of like, you know, started like a piano bar type song, song uh, chanting or whatnot. But I, that's, that is, uh, that is when oil and water makes sense right yep. there is the, the national okay. party says, take your shirts off. And the guys in the bar go, this is awkward. Put your shirts back on, please. And, and uh, likely there was a higher power paying for both of those. So I love it. That's yep. there you go. And just like that, 50 bucks, three minutes. That's the fantastic hourly rate. We all wish we could hit that one. So <laughs> especially when we're in Nashville. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. absolutely. Well, Neil, again, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I've taken up way much more of your time than I intended to, but it's been a fun chat. It's good to catch up. And uh, the best. Oh, I'm glad we could finally it. do it. Stop it. Yeah, We're absolutely. We've been talking about We've doing this for like six months. Yeah, that's generally how it goes. Reach out to all my former guests and ask them how long it took me uh, to finally get uh, get them on the calendar. It's It's been pretty crazy here, but uh, I do appreciate it. Glad we could connect. I know it's late there. Uh, it's late here. But, uh, you know, the night is young for me, at least. I don't know how it is for you. Nope, um, I'm going to bed. I got to get up at 530 in the morning. Yeah, see, there you go. All right. Well, <laughs> Mr. Neil Elder, thank you so much. NeilElderMusic.com. That is N-E-A-L-E-L-D-E-R music.com. Head over, check yep. it out. Pick up a copy of Whiskey Myers. And get on. Whiskey Myers? Uh, Neil's I wish I could. Be- or I'm sorry, Whiskey Memories. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, get. No, go see Whiskey Myers too. Listen to Whiskey Myers. They're really they're one of no, my favorite bands. Listen to you first. I mean, look at the note. The note says Whiskey Memories. <laughs> I just saw the M and I was like Myers. Um, my apologies. But uh and and hopefully some some news coming here soon. So stick around for that, everyone. But uh Neil, thank you so much. We're now gonna Thanks, we're gonna listen to Whiskey Memories as a whole. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining. We'll do it again soon, Neil. And thank everyone for listening. And uh, y'all have a good night. Take care. When the rocks hit the bottom of the glass And I smell the perfume of the past We were young Sipping on Kentucky's finest few drinks in she grabbed my hand and i knew that she wanted to dance i spun her around but that's not how the night ends Cause now when i drink i think i see her in my old chevrolet windows up aloud I just say I'm not living a lot but each time I hit bottom I know I can find it's the only place I can see her and me whiskey memories 
That fall night when she walked away She looked back but had nothing to say She was gone, moving on But I can't Cause now when I drink I think I see her in My old Chevrolet Windows down, hairs blowing like freedom with the music up aloud. I just say I'm not living a life, but each time I hit bottom, I know I can find it's the only place that I can see her and me whiskey memories. When it touches my lips I know that it's over There goes a sober Sunday night And I start and think That I see her in My old Chevrolet Windows down Hairs blowing like freedom With the music up aloud I just say I'm not living a life but each time I hit bottom, I know I can find It's the only place I can see her and me In my car, she's still next to me In whiskey memories, whiskey memories